CWR Talk Network is not just another talk radio network. We are the champion for important causes and issues like financial literacy. That is why so many people listen to the Lionel Shipman Shape Your Finances show. Lionel is a seasoned veteran in the finance industry, but more importantly, Lionel cares about people. He shares his vast knowledge of the finance world in a personal way that goes beyond dollars and cents with advice that makes sense. So let Lionel help you get your finances in order or avoid costly errors in judgment that may be devastating to you and your family. Listen to the Lionel Shipman Check Your Finances show every Tuesday exclusively on the CWR Talk Network at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Central. And hello and welcome to the Lionel Shipman Shape Your Finances show here on the CWR Talk Network. And I am your host, Lionel Shipman. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. And I want to give a huge shout out to all my regular listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in and supporting me these three plus years now. And I want to give a shout out and a huge thank you to all of my new listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. And hopefully you will become a regular listener going forward. And ultimately, thank God for another day to make a positive difference in the lives of others. Well, as I often say here on this show, we have a great show tonight. Uh, This is a very timely topic, uh, talking about careers and professional development. And I have an expert here tonight uh, to share some great nuggets of information and to answer some of your questions. So stay tuned. We'll be right there with this segment right away. And if you had any questions uh, and or any comments, you can call in at 917-889-8078, and we will address your questions or give you the opportunity to give any comments that you may have. I do want to let you know that if you don't know that you can always listen to any of the past shows of the uh, Lionership with Shape Your Finances show You can listen to us on demand. You can catch us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spreaker, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. So you can listen to us 24-7 at your leisure, as you're driving, as you're working, as you're exercising. Uh, Definitely take the opportunity to uh, listen to some of the past shows. But you can also catch catch me on my website at shipmanconsulting.com. I've actually created a page dedicated to the uh, to the radio show. So if you go to go to that uh, go to my website, click on the the radio show banner, and it will take you over to the page, and you can see a full gallery of all the different guests that I've had here on the show. Very appreciative of the past guests that we've had. We have some great great topics, and I've also done what I call my solo shows, where I've addressed different financial topics as well as some life, uh, what I call life empowerment uh, topics throughout the years as well. So definitely check that out. Well, let's go ahead and get started with our conversation tonight. Uh, My guest is the chairwoman and CEO of Infinity Coaching Incorporated, which provides career, leadership, and life coaching that moves individuals forward, allowing them to take command of their lives. With over 25 years of proven experience, she is a leading authority on leadership and professional development, 
and has worked with and trained top leaders across the globe. She is recognized as one of the select few certified rapid employment master coaches in the world. Having served in key leadership positions and as a successful business owner, she knows quite well some of the challenges one faces when pursuing the career and life of their dreams. Now, during her career, she served as the director of human capital management of an organization of over 4,800 civilian, military, and contract personnel. Her favorite assignment was when she served as a professor in the Department of Command Leadership and Management at the United States Army War College. Upon retiring, she decided to turn the, turn the, turn the part she loved the most about her job into a second career, So, which I'm so glad that I have her here on the show tonight. Now, she has many more things in her resume, but I'm going to have to cut to the chase because I want to get her on this line so we can have this great conversation talking about her primary area of career development and professional development. Let's welcome to the show this evening, Ms. Carolyn Owen. Hello, Carolyn. How are you tonight? Hi, Lionel. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I am so excited to be here. Thank you. Yeah, you're more than welcome. And let me say this. Thank you for your service in the military. Oh, yes. Thank you. I always try to do that. My wife served in the United States Air Force. Mm. Uh, yeah, so right before we, actually before we got married, uh, before we met, rather, she was getting out of the military. And uh, I, I sh- well, for those that don't know, I was on uh, on Carolyn's show a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> sharing my hey, my side of my view of how me and my wife met. So I won't go in there tonight. <laughs> I don't want my wife to end up calling in on the show and like, well, let me tell you my side. <laughs> so we'll we'll leave that to for another for another time. But it is so good to have you here tonight, Carol. I really appreciate you being here. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Well, this topic here, like I said, is a great topic to talk about, especially seeing that we're in the current environment of since the pandemic has happened. We've had a lot of people who have had to pivot in their mm-hmm. careers due to the pandemic. And unfortunately, people have lost their jobs, businesses have closed or downsized, and some have already changed their careers, but you have some that are looking to change their career or either pivot in some other type of direction. So we're going to have this great conversation now. And I want to kind of lead off by asking uh, – from your uh, from your side, from your professional uh, viewpoint, how has the career landscape changed since the pandemic? Let's start off with that. Yeah, I want to say one of the major changes has been uh, the viewpoint on telework and work. You know, working from home. Mm-hmm. Prior to this, I had heard from a lot of supervisors as well as individuals that, you know, uh, there was no way they would ever work from home. It was seen as, and some people saw it in a negative light, how can someone be productive working at home? Um, we were forced into the situation where we had to find out how was this going to work. Yeah. And, it, and, you know, it has resulted in being a, it's a game changer. Uh, they, people started seeing how, 
you know, the commute. If you're in the D.C. area, the, what we call the DMV area, D.C., Maryland, Virginia, that commute could, you know, take a while if you're driving, being on the train, all those different things that add it to your day, sometimes stressful days. You think about all of these things that came with that, you know, going into the future, people's mindset, their opinion of telework has changed. I mean, you have some people, yes, they are, you know, very extrovert. They want to be in that office environment. So there's some benefits. There's some, you know, disadvantages that come with it, the whole social aspect that people, we're, you know, made for connection. We want to be around people. How are we, you know, figuring out how to fulfill that, not being in an office space? So that's one of the major things that I think that that whole mindset, I mean, I would have supervisors tell me how they felt about telework. And yeah. just, it's, um, now I've talked to some of those same people, and it's a 360. They're like, I yeah. don't even, I, I don't want to go back in the office. Yeah. So yeah. It, it did. Yeah, I've seen that on the news. They actually reported that, that it's going to be a huge adjustment for people now having to go back into the office. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I know for me, I I kind of like, well, I'm more of an office person, but uh, but it has kind of benefited being at home, especially from a commute standpoint, like you mentioned earlier, uh, that, that how we can suck up a whole lot of time. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, and it doesn't always put you in the right mind frame when you get to work either. <laughs>
the pandemic, we experienced economic changes, social changes. Um, mm-hmm. There were so many different things that took place. It was a to me, 2020 was a very much pivotal year altogether. And so having that, you know, true understanding of our own viewpoint as well as others when it comes to culture. And so I think those are, if I were to say it's about preparation, adaptability, and culture. Those are some of the main things we can gather and learn from you know, when it comes to the past year. There's a, a little bit more uh, awareness to employees, I meaning to take care of your employees, maybe more so now than in the past. Uh, I think the businesses uh, kind of saw that uh, or kind of recognized that a little bit more over this past year that you really need to take care of your employees. Uh, you're right. This has been, this has changed everybody or affected mm-hmm. everybody in some sense that, you know, with the pandemic itself, you know, you're concerned regarding our health, our physical well-being, our family, our children, especially those that are off into college, and then you're still having to work. Uh, and sometimes they're difficult to stay focused, but I believe that a lot of companies are trying to provide a little bit more care for their employees. What are your thoughts on that? You know, and I think when one of that's one of the challenges that came from people working at home. I think there were a lot of health challenges, physically and um, mentally, that we experienced. Uh, and that, as my, a career strategist working with people on professional development, that's one of the main things I saw is, especially in the beginning, um, that adjustment. And I, you, what you didn't see was there were some supervisors who weren't checking in on their employees. And there are ways that could be done, and some of them still aren't. Uh, and I'm, I'm, you need to be kind of having those virtual kind of get-togethers, meetings, and just saying, hey, how's life going? You know, checking in to see. And I, I always tell them at, at least every now and then have them turn their camera on because yeah. you can hear the voice, but it, when you see them, there are things that you can see as far as are, how are they taking care of themselves. Um, there were people who just kind of shut all that down. They were not maintaining, and it's, it's, you know, some people find it hard to believe, but there are yeah. people who were not taking care of their hygiene. Um, mm-hmm. They weren't. They were just crawling out of bed. And there, you know, what you forget is there are some people who live alone. You know, all ages yeah. from the 20s to all the way up, you know, 60s, 70s, they're still employed, they're still working, but that social interaction in the office was, you know, part of their day. That's what helped them thrive, you know, getting around other people. And it didn't mean that they had to be having conversations with somebody all day at work. Right. It was just yeah. that environment of being around other people. And so you don't know what are they experiencing with that loneliness, some of those challenges that came up. So they weren't kind of checking in. But also when you have the supervisors, managers, doing their own, you know, self-care and checking in because some absorbed so much of the responsibility for their team and their people that they didn't neglect themselves. Um, So there were things that can be put in place, things that we can do, um, and being creative, you know, allow for that creativity on how do we connect. It is you can do it very successfully, but sometimes you're going to have to think outside of that box. Yep, you're going to have to. I mean, because, you know, and another thing, too, uh, 
utilizing this virtual world a lot more mm-hmm. now. I, I don't see that. As we're going to not that, – that's here to stay now, I believe. I mean, yes. I know that we're going to eventually return back to the office. Some Some employees will. But, I mean, almost every week you hear enough companies that are stating, you know, that, you know, I don't care how the work is done. I don't want my, my employees. They can work from anywhere as long as the work is being <laughs> done. You know, that's, that's, the landscape has totally changed. But you hit on something there, the social interaction. We need that. We, as human beings, we need to have interaction just to maintain, to me, to maintain sanity sometimes. So I think that, you know, if you are working from home or working remotely, make sure that you're getting some form of social interaction. You're you're absolutely right there. I agree with you. Now, now, now with that, then, what are what are some uh, what are some tips, you know, during this environment? What are some tips that you can share tonight uh, to help those that are still employed? but they're wanting to become more marketable to either their existing uh, company or existing employer, or if they're looking to go outside of the employer, wanting to see what other opportunities that are out there. Uh, what, are, what are some things that you can provide tonight to help a person to become more marketable or either to advance their career? There are so many different things that I can say to answer this question, so I'm going to try to keep it to just a couple of them. Um, okay. And one of them I've already said, and that is that LinkedIn profile, kind of developing that. Um, because once you develop that LinkedIn profile and you start creating connections, if you're interested in another career, you're wanting to make a transition, you can set up an informational interview. Uh, and that's where you kind of reach out to someone. You're not asking for a job. But you're asking, how did they get down their career path? You know, what schools did they go to? Um, what classes did they take? Uh, what's, what's needed to succeed in that career field? If you're trying to enter a field, if you're trying to move up the ladder, you know, you start building those connections, and you can actually sit down and have conversations. People love to talk about themselves. And they love to kind of give you that guidance, and, it's, and they often like when you reach out to them, and they get to share their story and their journey with you. And also, as you build those connections, like I said, there um, there's jobs that are there. LinkedIn has offered there where people will um, advertise them there, uh, as well as you never know when that person that sees your profile who happens to be looking for an individual, when you fit that criteria, they can reach out to you and say, hey, would you be interested in um, it still happens to me. I had one just the other day. Um, definitely, I had one for somewhere overseas that they were reaching out to me about, and I, I definitely didn't want to move to where it was located. Right. But it was interesting that you know I met all the qualifications and everything, and explained you know what it entailed. But I was like, I'm, you know, I, I definitely wouldn't want to move there. So right. it was this interesting. Um, one of the best job offers that I ever had was because of my LinkedIn profile. And it was amazing. And they were going to let me work from home for five days, and it was an unbelievable um, offer that they had proposed. Um, But I was doing my own thing and everything and very happy with it. But I was like, wow, it was a dream situation. So you never know what can come from those things. Um, Another another thing that I would say is network. Um, With people being at home, they think that networking is not possible, but it is. 
you know, there are different associations that have now brought all of that online. They're still having the meetings. They're still doing the events. You just have to attend them virtually. So if you're in a particular, if you are in a, a particular field or industry, you can look for those associations and see what are they offering. Or join a kind of group, for example, um, a coaching group. Uh, yes, a coaching group where it may be leadership based, where you guys can um, kind of get ideas and stuff, where you can talk things out and work through it as a team. But it's facilitated by a experienced coach, and that's one of the things I do that I love to do is um, having a group and working through and navigating some of the challenges that occur. Uh, And it's a good way to kind of hear that and know, wow, you've experienced that as well. How did you solve that? Uh, And uh, another one I'll mention is uh, have a mentor. I think this is one that's often um, overlooked as well. Uh, there's a, in people, it's understanding you can have a mentor and there's a difference with sponsorship. And I, I say this, especially with women, because often they won't seek out that mentor. They won't seek out that sponsor. Um, men are more likely to be vocal and go find that mentor they need and kind of, you know, understand how that works. But if you're going to have a mentor you got to understand the role of a mentee and the role of a mentor because often those relationships, that mentor-mentee relationship doesn't work very well, but it's understanding how, you know, what is this about and how do you make this mentor-mentee relationship something that's very productive for both people. You don't want a mentor who's all about the ego and just there to check a block that, oh, I mentored you and I want to make you what you are. That's not a mentor that you want. Um, You want someone who knows how to mentor the whole person and can really kind of navigate your way through whatever transition you want to make, advancement. But mentoring is a jewel when done correctly. Okay. I got a question when you mentioned, because you focus a lot on LinkedIn, and I'm Mm -hmm. I'm a huge advocate for LinkedIn. Now, for those that may need help with their profile is that something you you do or would you kind yes. of give some record yeah okay all right that's good to know yes i i do um and i you know myself i have other uh, colleagues that help with it as well okay. uh and it's really because you want to and i tell people if you for parents that have kids in college don't wait till the day of graduation to have them set that profile up they should be doing it at you know i I say freshman year, if they haven't started it, they need to have it up because they're making connections along the way that they can be finding. When that guest speaker comes, um, when they see that company that they may be interested in, they should be following those companies and see what are they talking about, what are these conversations about, so that they can gain that knowledge, that they can speak the language of the companies that they're considering working with, working for. So, yes, it is something that um, I do help with, kind of think, you know, setting it up and having it really look good. But, you know, one thing I'll say there's having a social media presence in general. If you're on um, other platforms, say Facebook, uh, Instagram, what's the other one, Twitter, my favorite, you want to consider what you're posting and, you know, how if if it's a public profile out there, Employers yes. do look at your social media. 
they say look again, to see please. what. <laughs> say that again. Say that again. Say that again. I hate lawyers you, but... do. They yeah. do look at your social media profile, and I have seen uh, cases where people who, you know, it's down to two candidates, and they're looking at social media. And that was the deciding factor because it was something someone posted that did not align with the um, company's culture. And so they went with the other person. Um, and they did. They searched it up. So you, this gets into your personal brand and the image that you want to display. Now, if you're going to work at a fitness center, if you're in that industry, you want to present images that show you know what you're talking about. You know, um, if you're talking about clothing you wear when you work out or something like that, if you're a, you know, a yoga professional in that industry, that's the image you want to set. You know, yeah. but if you want to be the CEO of some major corporation somewhere, you mm-hmm. know, look at what their culture is and make sure you're writing, you're connecting with that if you have all this out there publicly, so they'll know and they'll be able to look and say, yeah, that's somebody we want to join us. You know, just and, and you get a lot by looking at people. But I'll say it again, employers do look at your social media. Okay. That that was one of the questions that, that, uh, that came in uh, that I was hmm. going to talk about, but you, you already hit on it. Uh, <laughs> I, I want to take, take a little bit step for, take it a step further. What career, I guess, advice uh, for those that are getting ready to graduate or for graduate students? What, what, give us some other things that maybe they could be doing now if they don't have that profile. Mm-hmm. Of course, they, got, they need to create a profile, but is there anything else or a couple other things that uh, maybe off the top of your head that you can kind of give for those students that are either getting ready to graduate or just graduating? I'm gonna say, it's the same. They, you need a mentor um, while you're in school. And okay. uh, I just interviewed a, a young lady, Patty Alper, who wrote the book Teach to Work, which is okay. about mentoring and how companies – there's a skill gap in America with individuals graduating from college, uh, graduating from high school, and they're, they're not prepared to truly go into the workforce. Mm-hmm. And that can, to help with that, mentoring is a great solution. And that's what her book is about. And she and I were, it was a great interview because we we're in full agreement about how mentoring can help to um, reduce some of this gap we have. And she has the concept of project based mentoring where you have this, it's literally that. You have a particular project that you're working on, and there's a mentor to guide you along the way. And that's the term of the mentoring relationship. It may not last for years, but you're working on a way where in that process you're learning some of the skills that are needed, but you're not just thrown into a fire. And so companies will hire college students, high school students, and they throw them into the fire. They need to learn the skill sets to succeed. So I think it's not just a you know student's responsibility, but these companies to begin to embrace what mentoring really is, and that's one of the things that's lacking. But not just that, but you can have and seek out a mentor, and I encourage students to do that. And again, don't wait till the day of graduation. You know, find someone in your industry, and if you have that LinkedIn profile, you can just do a search on it, and you can connect with that individual, ask them for that opportunity. But you don't just write out, say, hey, be my mentor. 
because right. you want to have a conversation first to see if it's a fit for you and for them. What is the expectation that you have for each other? Because you don't want to go to, you know, a marketing director and be kind of wasting your time by not really having a true mentor relationship. And so that's why I say it's important to understand what that looks like and how it works. But that mentor can become a valuable resource to a student. And you look for, you know, someone in your industry that you want to go in. Because you may find out, I don't want to go in this career. What was I thinking? You know? Good point. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely great. I highly encourage people. And, you know, one thing you can do to help yourself stand out as a student is blog. Have a blog. Have a blog to where you're writing about what's happening in your industry from a student perspective. Um, You don't see enough of that where the students are taking advantage of some of the tools and resources that are there that can help them stand out and become noticed. You know, if you're an artist, are you sharing some of the concepts and things? Uh, And and the thing is, we focus a lot on uh, the STEM community, but in in the science, uh, technology, engineering, and math, but not everybody goes into these career fields. And so we have journalism, we have um, uh, public relations, we have media, communications, all these different industries, and finance, where you can get mentors in these areas. You can do project-based mentoring in these areas as well. Think of social studies and public relations and, you know, politics, Congress. There's all different avenues that you can look at when it comes to mentoring. Perfect. Perfect. The importance of mentoring. And I have, I've been very fortunate, Carol. I have a student, well, I've had a couple of students alone uh, during my professional years of working. And they are in finance. Uh, I had one particular student. He's, of course, graduated. He's working. I have a student right now that's currently in college. And you're right. It has to be a good fit. Uh, Mm -hmm. Definitely having someone in the field that you're aspiring to go into and covering every aspect of the person, not just from a career or a college standpoint, but to help steer that person with everything. You know, I've, I've had my one particular mentor, uh, mentee of mine, uh, I, we talk and discuss. I mean, sometimes she just needs to bounce things off of me uh, from mm-hmm. a professional standpoint or from an adult standpoint. So being there to help them, I call it helping them to be a well-rounded individual, not just in that particular field. But you're right. you got to have the right chemistry, the right mix, and put forth the effort uh, to do it. And I've actually talked talked about my failures and successes, so they'll know that. (laughs) I hadn't had it all together myself, so go ahead. You were talking. You know, you take this, you know, 18-year-old, 19-year-old, and, you know, it's not like years ago when, you know, it it was a more simpler society in terms of we didn't have all this tech. It wasn't so fast-paced, constantly changing. And you want to, all right, you graduate, I'm going to let you go out there and figure it out. Um, yeah. Well, what's wrong with helping along the journey um, yeah. by sharing our failures, that success? Because most people will see, oh, wow, bright lights, big success, 
mm-hmm. they don't see the journey. And, like, sharing your struggles and challenges you went through helps to educate them, helps to enlighten them. And, and they like to hear that. And then they can kind of think, yes, ultimately it is their journey and their responsibility but it can help them navigate through this, some of the challenges. And I tell you, they go and create amazing things from this. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. All right, Carol, I got a, a question that uh, came in. I want to uh, change yeah. gears a little bit. Okay. Uh, yeah, I thought this was a very interesting question here. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts around being blacklisted from a job or a company due to over-applying for jobs? I guess they're, they're wanting to know, uh, maybe get some insight. Do companies do this? Now, you may be, <laughs> I don't know how, 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 how comfortable you are with answering that question or either giving some enlightenment around it, but I think they're pretty much asking that, you know, if you're in the job market and you're applying for a job at a particular company mm-hmm. and you once the job is posted or every time it's posted, the person is applying for the job and applying for the job. And what are your thoughts there? So I, I saw the question a little different that if they if you are within a organization agency and you're applying for positions everywhere in the company, not because yes. some people will apply for the same job because they're going to grow, they're going to gain new skill sets. Um, while they're applying for that kind of same type of position. But if you are kind of just throwing yourself at every position and you have to, does it, the question becomes, are you truly qualified for all the positions? And it puts in managers, yes, I have seen this happen. Let me say that. Yes, I have seen this happen where it was evident that the person, it looked as if the person was trying to get away from something but they were doing it within the same uh, company. Gotcha. And so they, were, they kept applying for things, and it was like, are they really qualified all, for all of these? What's really happening there? And that's okay. the red flag that was raised was if you're applying for all these positions, resume isn't even changing to show how you're qualified. Mm-hmm. So it appears there could be more to the situation, but does it happen? Yes, it does. Um, and it would be then, you know, is it, it may be time. This is a hard part that people don't want to hear. Sometimes you don't need to stay with the same company, and it may be time to move on. Um, gotcha. And that's a hard conversation to have, and that goes through part of the career exploration, um, seeing what's really happening there. And that's when you can work with a coach, career strategist, um, mm-hmm. and be able to say, you know, we could get to the root of it all and see what's really happening and kind of come up with some ideas and strategies that you could change. I had somebody who I worked with who, let me change that, she did not work with me. She called me and didn't want to work with me, called me a year later and had applied for 75 jobs. Wow. But did not get any one of them. But she still didn't want to work with me. But during that call, I asked her, what's the common denominator and what's happening here? Mm. But by the time she – every time she applied for the job, there were things that she wasn't doing, and we kind of talked through that, and I'm, I'm, you know, hope that she didn't make those changes. But there were things that were consistently the same about every job, 
One thing was her mindset. Um, mm. She defeated herself before she could even, you know, as she was filling out the application. I don't know. I'm going. You know, I ain't going to get the job anyway. You know. So the that's how the resume looked. That's how the application looked. Like you ain't. You really don't want this job. And you wow. get an interview, and you bring that into the interview. They sense that. They know that. They're interviewing a lot of people. And if you're coming into it already telling yourself you don't have it, you are, you good chance you may not get it. Yeah, you know, so you point. have to look at there's so many things that you can kind of dive in and break down. So I would say to someone who's asking themselves, because, you know, you cannot necessarily prove that, you know, somebody's going to prove that, yeah, I've been blacklisted. You know, I'm not, you know, so you have to really look at your position in the company. You know, look at how they are judging your performance. You know, how are you being treated? Is this a place you want to really stay? What other opportunities are out there for you? Are you starting to network? If you want to stay with this company, what can you do to make some changes? You know, what can you do to be seen differently? You know, maybe, you know, stop applying for some jobs for a while, kind of figure out what's happening here, um, what skill sets may you be, are you missing. You know, really take a hard look at it. Okay, perfect. That's a, that's a very detailed answer there. <laughs> All right. I like that. that, that your, your answer is right. Well, let's see. Let me ask this question. Just piggybacking off of that. Mm-hmm. What if you have an individual uh, – apply out from the outside. They don't work for company A, but they are applying for a job within company A. And would that be the same concept that they, they're applying for any and all positions there in hopes that they can get in there? Is it possible to be blackballed from the outside coming in? Is that possible then? So it depends on what, for, if you're talking about a small company where everybody talks, Yeah. Or, but okay. sometimes if you, for example, if you apply for a position and the one person looks at it and they don't want to hire you, they they could pass the resume on to someone else in the company. But mm-hmm. that's you've submitted it for one position and say it's not qualified for me. But hey, this person sounds perfect for you. But if you're going around, I mean, people, hey, I got this resume. Well, so did I. You know, you can I've, you can apply for multiple jobs, one or two. But if you're applying for 10 or 15 jobs, you know, jobs and you're not giving it an opportunity to, you know, all right, this one's closed out, who did they hire? Because you can always, if you're not selected, no guarantee that they're going to talk to you, but you sure. can call and say, hey, um, uh, uh, can you give me some feedback on why I wasn't selected? Right. You know, and then kind of get some information on what you need to do differently or what skill sets you're lacking because now you've heard it from the person that was interviewing you or possibly from the hiring manager who can give you that feedback to understand what you need to do differently. Um, you okay. don't want to be, you know, if you it's, – it's, yes, you can get labeled by the, as a person who – is just constantly seeking, 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 seeking in the same yeah. agency. Because if you, the key things are, are you qualified for all of yeah. these positions that you're mm-hmm. applying for? Because if Good you point. submit a resume and it appears that you're qualified and you get to the interview and you really weren't, they're going to know. And yeah. then you're looked at, you know, 
you you're you just lied about it all. That's not right. a person they want there. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, just thought maybe I'll create another scenario out of that one. Now, <laughs> all right, then Carolyn, let's see how how best uh, to transition from one field to another. Is there a best way or a right way to say if you want to transition from one field to another? And I will say that with the pandemic, um, with 2020, there are a lot of people who are transitioning to different careers because people found out, one of the things that a lot of people found out is they can um, live off of less money. Uh, They don't need all the stress of the job that they did have. Or there's some people who are so bored, they want more stress in their life. They want a high-powered, high-paced, fast kind of job. They realize these things that's sitting at home. And so the first thing I would say is do a self-inventory and understand where you are right now in your career and in your life. Because if you were married and you're going to jump to something without having spoken to your spouse about it, uh-uh, please don't do that. <laughs> you want to have the conversation. If you're talking about loca- relocating, if you're living in you know, Florida and you're talking about relocating to Alaska and you have not mm-hmm. talked to your spouse about it, that may not go over. You know, no. So you really want to <laughs> say, you know, you, when you first started that job, you may not have had kids. You may not have been married. You know, so other factors, are you taking care of a parent? Do you have an individual you're taking care of that has a disability? Because you want to look at what services and things will be available to you in the location that you're moving to. You know, what is the school system like there? For an, are they going to help you with a child that has special needs while you're off going to work? These are things that you want to consider and really do an honest self-inventory and look at where you are right now. What are you good at? What are you willing to learn? Do you have to go back to school? But if you're in a position where you can actually look at um, the values as well, you know, what's important to you? I think that was part of what happened during this uh, 2020 and the pandemic is so many of us lost, you know, we, we lost touch with what we valued in life, the yeah. things we took for granted. A lot mm-hmm. of lives, you know, were lost. A lot of yeah. different things happening, emotions that came up. Um, yep. I am of the belief that our careers now, working at home, this intertwinement of home life, career, it's not mm-hmm. as easy to draw a line between the two and say work is work and, you know, home is home. Yeah. Our home life affects our work and our work impacts our home life. How yeah. do we figure all these out when we're thinking about transitioning? So to me, that's where it all starts is really knowing these things. Because then from there, you can then develop a plan, a strategy on how you're going to move forward. Gotcha. Wow. That's a, very, that's a lot of good information there, Carol. <laughs> you, you got me thinking now. I mean, I'm not changing fields, but just the, the self-inventory piece. Because uh, I know during this transition of being home, I've kind of pivoted still in the finance uh, field or the financial educational field, but uh, doing some different things now. And thankfully, you know, my, my kids are one in college and one is in the military, so I don't have to worry mm-hmm. about uh, from that perspective. But I have my wife and I, and we had a certain 
rhythm or routine the way we live here at home. So I had to make sure that, okay, dear, I'm taking this, you know, teaching job. You know, I, I do some online teaching financial education classes for students. So that's taking me away from certain hours, sometimes even in the evening. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so, so, so you're right. That's it's important to have that conversation. You have to talk about these things and do it before you <laughs> agree to <laughs> do that. Don't do it. Yeah. Don't don't. Uh, what's that saying about you know? Don't ask for, ask for forgiveness later or something like that. Don't don't do that <laughs> in a relationship. Don't do that. <laughs> it's so yeah, funny. Um, on my show, my my podcast, I did an episode um, last year called Relationships uh, Tested. It's about them yeah. being tested during this time, and yeah. we don't think about there was a, a a member individual who said that, you know, they loved their spouse, but being yeah. at home, working with them, they did not like their spouse. They were so <laughs> used to each had careers where they yeah. would go off to work every day, and now you're in the house together. And in the yeah. beginning, people were like, all these um, babies were going to be made because of being at home during a pandemic. And I said, I think you need to rethink that because we might have more divorces if we don't (laughs) learn to manage the relationships in our careers and how all of this is now part of our home life. You know, so it was really, this was really a test to to see how the strengths of that, you know, how do we get through this? How do we make decisions together again? And you mentioned your, your children have grown up, they're out of the house, that becomes yeah. an aspect of your career impact now, um, you know, how you've got more time to now rediscover each other. You know, yeah. do you want to be? There's people who, who were used to spending, you know, 10, 12 hours a day at work because yeah. they were trying to help finance their kids' education and stuff. You know, well, do you still need to do that? Yeah, good question. Self-inventory. Ah, see, I think that's a topic. Now I'm, I'm I'm gonna have to develop that now. You got you, you got a just struck a little topic in my head there when you said <laughs> inventory. I'm gonna have to do that. It's funny also too. I had a uh, guest on my show about I think it was last month uh, talking about relationships and how unfortunately the divorce rate has mm-hmm. increased since the pandemic. So you you yeah. you're right on point there. And uh, you would think that this would be a time where you can kind of reevaluate your relationship, reconnect. Well, some didn't do that. They were like, look, I'm used to having my life outside of here. Now I'm here with you every day. <laughs> You're right. Mm-hmm. That, is, that is so true. Okay, that so I got to so put a plug in for you for a moment. You know, because okay. uh, that's what we talked about when I interviewed you was the book Sacred Vows that you wrote. And I highly yeah. encourage people, check that book out before you say I do, because then you can really get to know the person that you plan to marry. So y'all need to get that Sacred Vows. Anybody you know who's planning to get married, get him that book as a gift real quick. <laughs> well, thank you, Kelly. I appreciate that. Yes, yes, you get the book. It would definitely help. <laughs> I encourage you to get the book. Absolutely. absolutely. And, and, and by the way, for all my listeners, um, now, what, let's see, well, we got we got a few more minutes here. Um, now, Carolyn had me on her podcast, but you really want to reach out and listen to her podcast as well. Uh, I'm going to give you about, in about five minutes, we, we could, we'll get to that to where you can provide all that information, Carolyn. But I want to ask about one or two more other questions here. Sure. Now, 
Now, I want to talk about uh, how important uh, being diverse from a skill level. I mean, you have people that mm-hmm. are skilled in their core job, but kind of stress the importance of being able to have diver- uh, diversity in skills. You can talk about that a little bit. So I, you, you have to also look at where someone is coming into the company. If you're coming in a strictly technical level, of course, technical skills are going to be more important. But as you climb your way up and you navigate through, there are going to be some of these soft skills that we are not taught that are neglected. We're not you know, given that opportunity. And I hate to say it, these are some of the things that – People can can end up losing their job over. They can end up kind of being put in that corner, and, you know, they just know promotion opportunity. And these are talking about some of those, like, uh, relationship-building skills, communication skills. And, you know, people overlook, because we text in so much, we think, you know, what we type in the text is not your written uh, skills that are required at work. So there's oral communication, written communication, relationship building, how, you know, you communicate with your coworkers. And, again, i got to say cultural savvy is something that's coming into the workplace as well, where, you know, how do you relate to other people who are different, you know, and Mm -hmm. and kind of navigating through that. So I think there's this element, these soft skills that are important, that we need to kind of build on, um, and people kind of, ah, yeah, we don't need that training. I, I honestly believe we do. Yeah. We forget that we also have a lot of companies, agencies that deal internationally. We are, I mean, we are connected so global right now. It's funny because yeah. my podcast often ranks in other countries as a, mm-hmm. you know, opposed to here in the United States. And I didn't, it just hit me how many people in other countries are listening to my podcast. And I love it, yes. you know, because it's being able to relate to that. They're listening to individuals here in America, and we're listening to people um, in India and, you know, Germany. And, you know, we're so connected now that Mm -hmm. all it takes. We can hop on a Zoom with someone so easily. I've interviewed people in Canada, Switzerland, all over the place. uh, And being able to reach out, and how do we then communicate that way where we're not, you know, we get on um, it was so funny when you think of some of the things that are still happening with people on Zoom, yes. that they're not realizing how that's interpreted, that kind of, you know, are those behavioral skills, those soft skills, those are some things that can help. Even when you're interviewing, you don't think about some of these little things that make a difference. Yeah. You know, and we're doing a lot of virtual interviews now, telephone interviews now. You know, those are the kind of things we need to take in consideration from the moment we start working. Technical is important, operational, being able to be strategic, you know, those type of things. You know, those are important to me. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Great. Well, of course, uh, I have – oh, gosh – I need to have you back, Carolyn. I have I have plenty of other questions, but I'm running out of time. <laughs> so, 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 hey, we're gonna to have to talk, and I have to get you back here again. I do have some other, I think, some very uh, thought-provoking questions. I'm quite sure they've crossed mm. people's minds. So, so we, so I'm gonna go ahead and ask that question right away if I can get you back. 
I have to. We'll talk offline. I can make sure I can. Okay. Uh, yeah, get you back there. But in, definitely. In, while we we close it in, if you can kind of give out uh, your contact information, if people want to reach you or either want to get in contact to work with you, if you can provide your website and any other necessary mm-hmm. information. So I like. To, I tell everybody just go to my what I call my connection hub, and you can go to Carolyn, C A R O L Y N. Uh, the number 360, 360.com. So it's carolyn360.com, and there you're going to find links to my website, um, I believe my podcast, my blog, everything. A lot of my blog articles are about building a business, um, leadership. It's a leadership-based blog, which kind of has those skill sets of what we're talking about here. How do you interact with people? How do you build a business? How do you build a brand? That's what you're going to see on the blog my podcast is Let's Coach with Carolyn. Just search Let's Coach with Carolyn, and you're going to find it, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, all the different places that have been mentioned. And my podcast is interview-based where I bring guests on, like Lionel, where we talk about some of these topics that affect us, excuse me, impact our career, our life, all tips from the coaching world to help empower you to build a better life, career, business, it's there. So definitely go to carolyn360.com, and you'll find what you need to connect with me. Oh, perfect, perfect. Well, I have to say, Carolyn, it's been a (laughs) pleasure. It's been a joy having you here uh, tonight, and look forward to part two in the future. Get you back (laughs) here again. But uh, but do thank you. Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge, your expertise here with us tonight. Oh, thank you. It has been a pleasure. The time went by so fast because it's, I mean, wow. So thank you so much, Lionel. I appreciate you having me on the show, and I look forward to coming back. Cool. Great. All right. Well, everybody, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for tuning into the Lionel Shipman Shape Your Finances show. You can catch my show every Tuesday night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And if you haven't touched base with me on social media, I would encourage you to do so. You can catch me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn, but you can also reach me on my website at shipmanconsulting.com. That's shipmanconsulting.com. And as we're closing, I want you to remember these words regarding your money and your life. Give cheerfully, spend carefully, and invest wisely. But before we go, you know I always have to play a little bit of smooth jazz music. Check out this tune by Mr. Dave Sereni. Take care, Carolyn. It's so good to have you again. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Here we go.